0: Hey, my name is Lucas and I want to welcome you to the official podcast of Coastline Young Adults from Coastline Church in Victoria. This podcast is dedicated to encouraging you in your faith and helping you apply it to real life in real time. Here you'll find messages from our weekly service at Coastline Nights and other conversations where we talk and tackle what it means to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. Everything you find here will point you to the truth and hope of Jesus. So grab a beverage, enjoy the message, and lean into how God wants to speak to you today. Evening, how you doing? Not bad, not bad. Uh, I want to just say good evening to all of you. It's uh, man, it's snowing outside and you got to church. Give yourself a round of applause. You did it. You love the Lord more than you are fearful of the snow. And that says something, you know. We are finalizing this series as we kind of move into Christmas Eve. And um, I, I think we've saved the best gift for last in some ways. Um, there's something really special about this final gift. As we've been talking about the three gifts that the Magi brought to Jesus. And there is so many pieces, so many like um, comparisons, so many things that we can see just in these gifts, and I just. I just say, this is why I love the Bible. There's no, nothing is out of the ordinary. It's not like there's no mistakes made, like it's all woven together so intricately, so perfectly. And so we see the gift, we see the role of the office Andy has been saying in our morning services, and we see the attribute of God and how this all plays. So you have myrrh, which is this, like it's used for embalming, it's used for burial rituals, it speaks to Jesus being prophet and how he would fulfill um, specific prophecies and how he would go on to be a prophet. And how he would actually really bring his humanity, although from heaven, his humanity to the plate, if you will, and he would die on the cross for you and for me. A prophet is someone who brings God to the people who said, "I have a word. I, I, something has been spoken to me. I will speak it to you." And so we see this. We see prophet. We see his humanity. We see frankincense. Adam preached last week. It's this. It's this incense. It's used in in in, in different areas of of kind of the priesthood, and it would be this aroma that was kind of blessing God in worship. And we see it in how it speaks to his divinity. So again, we have myrrh, which speaks to his humanity. We see frankincense, which sp- speaks to him being his priestly life. It speaks to his divinity. It speaks to this role that he had as shepherd, as a priest. It's how he lived his life. Rabbi, teacher, and how a, a, rabbi, excuse me, a priest really brings the people to God. And then finally, we see gold, which speaks to God. Uh, Jesus has king, prophet, priest, king. We see his humanity, his divinity, and his nobility. We see how God, this is now God ruling correctly and, and properly over people. You see how all these three things mesh and there's just such beauty in all three gifts. And so we wanted to unpack them as we talk about King Jesus. And at Christmas, I I see these three gifts, and they're sort of layered. They work themselves up to gold, if you will. I know it says gold, for instance, in most of your Bibles, but there's something about Christmas that you kind kind of slowly layered. I think that's why we start with stockings. Like, no one comes out at Christmas. Mom's not like, get the big one in the back right from the morning, you know? You're having a Christmas orange, a bowl of Lucky Charms, right? That's what I do in my house, I'm 32, still eat it, still do it, it's good stuff. Like Christmas morning, right, then you kind of start with stock, you start with stockings, right? I'm not like, okay, just making sure not crazy people out there, you know, going right for the big stuff. But I remember as a kid, it's hard, right? Like you always want the big one in the back. And At our house, for whatever reason, my parents were like, we knew by the time, I don't know, eight or nine, like if there was a star on it, that was the last gift. Anyone else know what I'm talking about? If there was a star on it, or it was, my parents just started writing, last, one, Because they wanted to go with a bang, you know? And it was always something big and exciting. And, like, you'd think it was a guitar, but it was wrapped. Like, something wrapped like a guitar, but it's actually socks. And they deek deke you out. And, like, I'm not getting it. And then out of nowhere in the back, here's a guitar. Like, it was always this thing. And, like, I see it kind of layered like this, too. And it starts with God's, it starts with his death, funny enough. And then it moves into his life. And now it speaks to his authority here on earth, the kingdom of heaven, God bringing it to this moment. And I see that even from ourselves right now as we kind of finish with this idea of king. I found myself very reflective over our year. It didn't really dawn on me that this was our last night together until like a few days ago. It really like moved me because I was like, man, there's something really special here, especially with this gift gold. Like, this, this. Massive thing. Like, it's not just like an ointment or or incense. Like, this is one of their most prized possessions. It has real value. Like, there is specific monetary value here. And one of the magi is laying it down at the feet of Jesus. Gold. Compared to the other two things, I don't know, King, even the two offices, the roles, King feels the most unique to the way he lived his life. Like, we see profit, we understand that a little bit because eventually we all know. Jesus went to the cross. We see priest even, like he was rabbi, he was teacher. We saw him kind of, the way he lived his life and he was moral and good. And so we can, yeah, I can get that, prophet, priest, those things make sense. But king, king Jesus, Lord Jesus, really? Like that one, that one, for whatever reason, we find a little more challenging to admit, to honestly embrace and to even truly understand Going back into our Christmas scripture, Matthew 2, verse 2, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea. Again, this is, you know, Christmas story, if you will, right here. During the time of King Herod, the Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We read this our first night. We saw his star when it rose and, and, and have come to worship him. Again, that's a big deal there. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. Herod, friends, King Herod, is not happy. He's not happy, and I'm assuming you can see why, but if not, let me obviously share with you. Herod is kind of, he's kind of the king in this moment. He's not Caesar by any means, but he's definitely the ruler of this area. He's not the rightful heir to the throne. We know that. Of course, Jesus is. He's not part of the line of David. He's not Jewish, nothing like that. Two, Herod was ruthless, Friends, he was ruthless, and if you want more on Herod, we actually unpacked it a lot in our last year's series. But he had so many enemies. He was so suspicious of everyone. He always thought he was gonna get overthrown. He was killing his sons because he just didn't want anyone to come close to his throne in any way, shape, or form. He didn't want the Jews. He didn't want to be a part of that. He liked the Roman life. He didn't want religious people to gather around a religious leader and potentially begin to overthrow him in spiritual ways or a religious way because more motivation could be picked up. And Persia was the second most powerful region in this time next to Rome. And so Herod, again, he's concerned that these Persian magi have come and they've maybe found a king to shift their loyalty and allegiance and adoration and admiration to and towards. So guys, he is in that moment, that movie when the person's like, "I am freaking out. <laughs> he's, he's right there right now. That's him." And for good reason, I think. Because again, those with religious and political power, they often felt threatened, fearful. Many saw this new king coming. There's word about it as a spiritual awakening. There's a lot of stuff, like kind of unwrapping, if you will. (laughs) Pun not intended. (laughs) No one heard that, unwrapping? Come on. Wake up, people, let's go. I know it's Christmas and it's snowing. Unwrap, that was brilliant. That was like dad just coming out, not even intentionally. Just happened, just who I am. I like this, this verse interests me. He was disturbed at all Jerusalem with him. To us, that looks like, oh, everyone's scared, but truthfully, Herod probably put fear into the culture. He probably started going around. Like anytime time he was upset and he wanted everyone else to be upset, he made sure he would go out and he'd kill people, he'd do hangings, he'd do all sorts of stuff, and people would not be upset with him, but upset at him. And I think if we're not careful, we can look at King Herod right here in this moment and think, man, this guy just doesn't get it. He's gotta make way for Jesus. He's not the right king. But if we're being honest with ourselves, we can make Herod sound like this anxiety-ridden person of power when if we're being honest, we're not so different than Herod. I actually see a lot of myself in King Herod. Power, this ego. I don't know, power and people just don't go very well together, does it? Like truthfully... I don't know if you've noticed that, last little while. And as I was, again, prepping for today, as I know it's our last sermon of the year for this service, again, I found myself looking inward a little bit, being a little more introspective than maybe I normally am, thinking about the themes I feel like we've talked about at this service, that this young adult generation specifically, who we target at this time, pondering on the kind of, I don't know, themes and motifs, if you will, of the things that we have really gone after in this time, at this service, that we've really discussed and had deep dives in. And just this idea of kings, for some reason, you guys, has just kind of just, I don't know, it's found its way into my heart about who I really allow to rule, what I really allow to rule and dictate the decisions and the steps of my life. Like I've really found myself aware, aware that there are things in my life I let become a king or queen in my heart it's made me like really like open my eyes and I'm seeing this and as the scripture is just like, like as I really this Christmas for the first time saw an offering of gold to King Jesus, I really begin to realize my need for Jesus and our world's need for a leader like Jesus, a King like Jesus. Because everywhere I look, I see this like running after power and success and influence and, and, and friends, sometimes it's even in the church. And yet Jesus comes, he has power, he deserves the authority, and yet he almost seems like he denies it and runs from it and lives this kingly life in a way that none of us expected. And so if you will, we're going to go through a few thoughts I have for you tonight on, on, on this idea. The similarities I see in Herod and myself and in us and in culture and the reason why King Jesus might be challenging for us man, so needed. Will you go there with me tonight? That's where we're headed. First thought is this for you tonight. We want to be king of our own life. We do. And this is just the truth. We want to be the king or queen of our own life, if you will. It's just the self-help, take control of your life, kind of have your own mantra culture, this like nobody can stop you but you, like this whole like, yes, queen, like this whole kind of vibe we push, Right? And I'm, I'm being again, you know me, I'm being facetious, but at the same time, I'm not like, we we, we find a skill or a thing that we have that allows us to dominate and rule in our space, in our influence, in our sphere. We make sure that there is a way that I can I can rule my steps ahead, and I can take charge of this. Recently, in the morning, you'll find, I think you'll find this funny. Bo was just being Bo and kind of just destroying things and being Bo and now just letting them do it because there was no one in there. And And this sweet, wonderful, loving, old older christian lady came up to me and said my goodness that boy hey i'm like i know love him to pieces but the guy's crazy and um and he is he, but it's so great i love him about that and she's "But like, man he's a looker i'm like yeah i think he's cute totally he's my son you know she's like you know if everything else doesn't work out he can always depend on his good looks i was like Yeah, but I hope not. You know, like, no one wishes that for their kid. Like, man, he's gonna be a screw up, but good thing he's good looking. Like, no, I'm not, not prayers, I'm praying over Bo, you know? And at first I'm like, oh, you're so sweet, Gretchen. I don't know her name. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm naming, shaming her. I shouldn't do that. Like, that wasn't what I meant to say. But you know what I mean? Like, I was like, I don't like that. I don't like this idea that for my sweet Bo, who's got tons of gifts, and God's working out beautifully in his life. And he's got a wonderfully deep compassion in heart. And he's got loud pipes to, to, I'm sure, be a passionate advocate and encourager and champion of so many things. I believe God gives people voices to use them. That he's not going to have to depend on potentially his cute little bubbly face to be what he needs to be in this world. But in fact, he would use his gifts to hopefully serve the Lord and diligently come under him. And I think we get so scared about how to control our life. This is what we do. We kind of just take this one thing, we really know we're good at it, and we pave our way through it. But can I be honest with you? Can I, be, can I give you a sobering thought tonight? There are things in your life that you just cannot control. But it hasn't surprised God, you guys. There are things you can have everything perfectly lined up. Where you're gonna go to school, how long it's gonna take, the guy or girl you're gonna meet, the time you'll get together, what that's gonna look like, how to be financially stable, how to survive in the city. All of these different things. And I promise you, no matter how perfectly you line every single thing up, sometimes life throws things at you that are so challenging. Sometimes in a broken world with broken kings and queens ruling it, if you will, sometimes things do not go the way you want them to go. You're not fully in charge of that destiny all the time. Not everything lines up and is perfect. And in a matter of minutes, one thing, one person can Absolutely change it. Life is fragile, but friends, fear not. Believe in the Lord, because God isn't fragile. This is King Jesus we're talking about. And he comes and he rules with strength and, and righteousness and justice. And he is not surprised by the hits that you take. He is not shocked that sometimes things don't go your way. He understands it. He sees it. And this is, I love this one song. I I, I don't know if it's called Pieces or if it's called, I think it's called Defender. You, You knew where I left me. You reintroduced me to your love and you picked up all my pieces. I love, I love this. One of the worst people will have to tell me what song is. It's like, you put me back together. You're the defender of my, yeah, defender. There it is. You're the defender of my heart. And when I thought I lost me, you knew where you found me. I just see this picture of like, man, life is broken, you guys this is a theme we've talked about. You can't be perfect in everything. You can't hold yourself up. Like you, you actually don't have the strength you need. You can't give yourself enough grace. This is why we need Jesus. This is why he is the only true and right king of our life, of our heart. I can't put me back together. My heart needs more help than I can give myself. Life is broken. You are too. And that's why we need something bigger and stronger to help us, to guide us, to grow us, to sustain us. And I know it doesn't sound overly Christmassy, but when I, I just become so grateful for King Jesus, the ruler of my heart. Because I know I don't actually, I can't actually be the only king of my life. And this is hard for me. I like control. I'm all about it. I'm an grand eight, guys. This is like, just give it to me. I just want to hold. I heard a clap in the back. That's an, that's an eight right there. Yes, yeah, me too. Right? Like this is just, this is how I am. But it's hard and difficult. And the, the truth is, Life is way too fragile to control it all. You just can't, you just can't. Thought number two about this whole idea of Herod and I think for him, he sees it and he wants to be able to control it and you can actually see it. Like if you keep, if we keep reading, we would see he's like gathers people and he's like, listen, why don't you guys go and you find him and then after I'll come and worship him too and he starts to try and control the situation and put his things on it but he really isn't in charge. The second thing I realized too is we believe and trust the motive of earthly kings in our life. And listen, this is not gonna be me pointing fingers. I think some of us maybe are far too trusting, right? Some of us could work on, and then some of us could work on trusting others for sure. Um, your past plays a part in that, of what authority you allow in your life. And everyone has motive and bias. And this is not a jab at, at the people and power of our political structures, okay? This isn't like, Luke is hating on Trudeau or Biden or something. It's kind of a jab at it all, to be honest. It's a real, honest, sobering thought of like, okay, hold on a second. How much trust do I put in, whether it be the government or this person or this, this pastor even, whatever it is. Like, Remember, you guys, everyone expected a bigger version of Herod. Everyone expected, like Jesus, to come in, sword in hand, ruling, ready to take over. I'm um, taking over the temple. Like they, in a lot of ways, they expected a like a mighty warrior to come, not necessarily a humble, meek priest, rabbi. And yet gold is laid at his feet. He has this kingship to him, clearly. They expected him to come because, again, this is how Herod ruled. He built roads and he built different places and gardens and cities and monuments and statues and all these things put up for who? Him. So they expected it. And Jesus said, I didn't come to rule the political sphere. I'm not interested in that. That's not why I came. I came to establish the kingdom of heaven on earth. And there is, what I've realized, a very big difference between power and authority. Friends, this is really true. I need you to hear this. And and you see it in the way Jesus models, the way he lives his life, the way he embodies this, this beautiful culture of just like knowing that he has all the right and power and authority to rule and yet chooses to humbly serve and love and quite literally even begin to clean the feet of those beneath him. Man, have you ever noticed that? The difference between power and authority, I'll never forget, I, I used to have a job and, and the owner would come in and, and he, he's the owner, like he owns the, this this place and he would come in and he'd start moving stuff around and he'd he'd like do this and why are we always doing this? And he'd kind of belittle some guys and he'd make some weird kind of not appropriate sexist joke about this thing and you would kind of, he'd just kind of come in really like erratic and, and all over the place but he was the boss man so you kind of would listen and and learn, I guess. But truthfully, there was power, for sure. But as soon as that person would leave, I'd go to my manager, who was caring, who considered his employees, the people around him, who was helpful, who didn't belittle but empowered, who gave opportunity rather than took it away. That person I would run to and be like, do you want want me to put it all back? Yeah, put it all back. And we would put it all back, one by one. Because this person had authority in my life. I I honored and respected and revered this person. I trusted them. I understood how they were going to actually rule and love and and peacefully manage the system. And so although one person would come in with power, I didn't give them any authority in my life. And I'm just reminded even in this moment that there are things I may have power, but it doesn't mean they need to control and have authority in your life. Power isn't anything without authority. Herod had power, but friends, Jesus came with authority. It's very different. Even at the end, I'm thinking of like the Great Commission. What does Jesus say? Then Jesus said to all of his disciples, right? I have all authority in heaven and on earth. All of it has been given to me. And then he says, therefore, go and make disciples. Not look at my power. Not look at my strength, he says, all authority because of the way I have lived, because of the way I have ruled, because of the way I have loved you and died for you and given everything to you and the grace I can give because of all of that, there is authority. And so again, for Herod, I think he's just, he's just one of these people who's kind of put in the political place and put in that spot and we feel like he's got to rule, he has all his power, but in fact, you guys, there is someone who is far greater, far stronger, and far more able to give you all the things you actually desire and need. Finally, I think we just have hidden kings in our life. I do. I've just been, again, reflecting on this in my own heart. I think there are just hidden kings and queens in my life that I allow to store up and take hold. And it, sometimes, again, sometimes it's good, people like play, we do love like a pastor or a parent or a friend or a brother or sister or a mentor. And we've allowed them to almost take this place that only God should be. Honor your parents, absolutely. Respect them, love them, serve them. Honor your pastors and your your friends and your mentors, love them, serve them. But there is only one King of our heart. We sing this song all the time. We cannot elevate people. I think, think of, celebrities that we follow, that we try and emulate, and we place them in such high places, and then they hurt us or they fail. We put them in a place they can't really be. Can we, just, can we just take it easy on Harry Styles and Taylor Swift for a moment? Can we just relax a little bit? Look what happened to Bieber. Seriously, we threw the guy up there and he just, right? Like, let's just, guys, chill for a minute. Just relax. Like, Really ask yourself, and I really mean this. I'm being funny, whatever. Like, really ask yourself, what or who is the king of your heart? These magi travel, I just find that the journey they traveled, the gifts they place, it's not a small offering. It's not a small amount. It's not a small thing. And they lay it at his feet an infant, baby, a child. And we, we allow these different things and people to rule our hearts. When only God should, when only God should. I really feel like in this moment, we, we want Jesus as love, the love you know, that he brings. We want him to be our light when we're feeling dark or gloomy. But we do not want him as Lord and Savior. We don't want him to truly lead, rule and like, dictate our life and our heart. Because it would just that would, be, that would be giving him too much authority. That'd be giving him too much rule. That'd be giving him too much you know, decision-making. That'd be giving him too, guys. Think about the places and the kings and the queens and the things that you put and allow yourself to be ruled by. And ask yourself, do you really want those things to guide your next step, your every step, your next day? Or do you want the love of Jesus, the one who deserved the title of king and ruler and took that and didn't run to a throne in some tabernacle, and in, some, in some temple, in some court? He ran to a cross for you and for me. Team, Nato, you can join me, buddy. And, and as we close, I just... The truth is, I just really feel like Jesus as king is sometimes challenging to get through. Maybe it's in your mind and maybe it's in your heart. Because again, we seem to have a lot of kings and queens in our life. But there is only one king. And I pray and believe that the faster you realize that, the less anguish, the less difficulty you will have in handing over and surrendering every aspect of your life. I've said it for a really long time. I don't know who said it first, um, but I've always said this and I always believe it, that if he is not Lord over he is not Lord at all. And the idea of lordship and kingship sometimes is challenging for us because of the different authority figures in our life and maybe how that's played out negatively or positively in our life. But I'm asking you to trust King Jesus. I'm asking you to trust someone, who hear me when I say this, does not force his rule over your heart, but asks it and gives you the choice. The most astounding uniqueness of Jesus as king over everything else, anyone else, every other possibility, personality or persona, in our culture now, in society now, the most astounding uniqueness of Jesus as king is that Jesus will only rule your heart if you let him, if you ask him to, by choice, not by force. And Jesus is not, again, he's not running to his beautiful spot and his seat, and his big throne chair. He ran to a Cross. He ran to a hill called, called Golgotha. He ran to a place, a darkness that he didn't want you to go to. He modeled and did the things he always, he asks of you. He surrendered his heart, his whole body, his everything on a cross. And he asks you to do the same. He's not asking you to surrender before he did. He did. He did. And I know it's not Easter yet, but it's, it's true, isn't it? He wants one thing. That gift of gold, your heart, he wants you just to pour it out. But you have to ask yourself now, am I actually ready and willing and able to offer it? Will I come as the Magi and actually be like on my knees, worshiping Jesus, being like, God, I just, I'm gonna pour out all that I have. I don't want anything else, anyone else to rule. Every time it happens, it gets messier and messier for me. I'm done with it. I just lay it down at King Jesus' feet. We don't even want to say King Jesus in our life because it feels too authoritative, feels too power Be Friends, he's the only one who can rule without the ego. He's the only one that comes completely humbly. He's the only perfect king, and that's why he is a, deserves to actually be king and reign and rule in your heart, and that's the beauty of it. Andy said it this morning. I didn't, like, it was just such a cool thought. He was saying, listen, for Jesus, heaven it is his home, but his throne is in your heart, and I think there's a beautiful picture there. Will you let him take up the place he deserves? Will you let him, because he doesn't rule harshly, he rules justly. He doesn't rule wrongly, but he rules rightly. He is moral in every way. He's loving, he's comforting, he's counsel, like, like it's written. And I just thought as our final thought this year, I wanna read to you a verse, a verse you've heard, I'm sure, many times. But would you stand with me and let me read this over you? Come on, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Open your heart. Ask yourself right now in your heart, in your life, what do you let rule? What do you let take over? What is king and queen of, of, of your decision-making, of your place? And with eyes closed, just receive this. For to us, a child is born. For us, a child is born. To us, a son is give, given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Friends, that's the thing. Every king and queen of this world, their reign will end. It'll come to an end. They'll get voted out. They'll get moved. They'll pass away. They'll just, their pride will get to them. Something will happen that every single person's reign will end except Jesus, except kings. Jesus, so let him be the one that reigns true. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it. This is our God with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. I'm asking you tonight, honestly, to examine for a second your life and your heart. Please don't leave this room walking into Christmas dinner with family and friends, ruled, honestly, not even by your own volition maybe, in a way that you can't break out of it. You can't find freedom because you have allowed someone or something to literally take place of king and queen in your heart. He really wants to be king of your heart. He really wants to to rule and help guide and love and establish your plans and your footsteps. He is the only one and true king who rules properly, who loves properly, who deserves the title and yet pushes it away. He's the only one, just picture this with me this morning. I really feel like I got a picture. I really feel like I saw this really big temple and this throne and Jesus was walking towards it and he moved and he walked down the hills and he moved up and he picked up that cross for you and for me. He won't rule your heart by force, but by your choice. Will you surrender to him? Will you let him take over? Heavenly Father, tonight, everlasting Father, tonight, we pray to you, our King, our Lord and Savior. Lord, we worship you High and rightly. You deserve all the praise. You do deserve all the glory. Lord, I pray right now for that young adult who feels the pressure to perform, who feels like they need to be their own king or queen, that their life, their destiny, their choices are always in their hands and and they need to figure it out and they need to take charge. Lord, I pray right now there would be humility that just comes into their life, into their spirit, into their heart. Lord, for that person who is so overwhelmed by all the choices and things in life that they don't know who is ruling and what is ruling and what's guiding guiding them, I pray in Jesus' name, would you establish yourself as king, as Lord, as as love of their life, as, as light of their life, as the ruling authority that says, I got you, I'm with you, I'm here to help you, not to make you my subject, but to stand beside you as my son and daughter. That is where I stand. For the person who's just continued to put their trust in other places and felt burned and hurt and actually has a real genuine anxiety or fear of handing over their life, I pray right now, Lord, you'd show them such a softness, such a comfort, such a counsel, such a guidance that that really establishes a new level of trust in their life. For the guy in here who's too proud or too insecure to understand they cannot solve it all on their own, for the girl in here who's just felt uncertain of what to do and when to do it and, and so, so running to different authorities and things and places or feels like they need to overcompensate because they need to be loud and proud. Lord, I just pray in Jesus' name there be a humility amongst the room to recognize who you are, our King, our ruler, King Jesus who deserves all. Lord, would you rule in our hearts? Would you humble us, Lord, now to recognize that you come with such love and peace and might that you really are our wonderful counselor, our almighty God, our everlasting father, and our prince of peace. Bring peace in Jesus' name we pray. We love you, King Jesus. And everybody said,